0: Richard, how's it going? It is going well. How's everything going? Super awesome. Uh, I've loved all the songs that you've played, uh, put out, so as soon as I was able to get a hold of you to set this up, I was uh, super thrilled. I was jumping on my bed. Uh, You're not supposed to do that, but uh, uh, at least I'm here.
1: I I appreciate the excitement.
0: I'm going to start this off by saying one of the first things is that song, Tonight is the Night, has been used a lot, and I mean... I like it. I'm in Ottawa here now, but anytime I go downtown and I'm having a good time and that song's either on or I will put it on my iPod and hit shuffle and hope that it comes on.
1: Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that song. And yeah, thank you. So the first
0: question I have is, of course, what was life growing up in Yonkers in New York?
1: Uh, Yonkers is uh, right outside of New York City, so I kind of got the New York City... Uh, experience growing up you know we would take the train down to the city and go to concerts and start performing in the city and this was always around you know new york and but you know still had a chance to kind of live a little bit of that suburban lifestyle Yeah. so still friends with a lot of friends that i grew up with well we all kind of grew up in the same neighborhood so it was a really uh, really fun experience
0: so you're pretty much a hometown boy stayed close with your uh, hometown uh, i guess fans and friends
1: yeah for sure i mean i live in la now but uh yes always always uh new yorker always
0: (laughs) so do you you know when you go back to new york do they bring you back down to a pedestal do they start yelling at you in the streets as if to say like
1: oh yeah we don't even No, i mean i'll still talk to all my friends and they just know me as rich (laughs) (laughs) I i can't pull any rank on them they keep you humble for sure. Absolutely. And I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Now, at the age of nine, you were given a guitar by your father. Uh, it didn't really spark your interest in guitar. Some people pick up a guitar and just keep strumming along and do success that way. And Sharon comes to mind. But it did spark your interest in becoming a musician. Explain that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I just, I, you know, I wouldn't play guitar and, um, you know, basic guitar ideas. But I just always was, wanted to sing and be a front man and I was always writing writing a lot of writing a lot of stuff, writing a lot of lyrics and words and ideas, and always singing songs to myself. so I think it just kind of became apparent that naturally I was just going to become a songwriter.
0: Some people like to be the songwriter behind the scenes, but uh, a lot of the ones that you see now coming successful are the songwriters for their own songs. I know when I grew up in the 90s, I'll, I guess a few of the more popular songs, I would go back now and say, I'm sure they wrote that. And then you find out that, no, they didn't write it. And I was thinking, like,
1: how? Yeah, I think now, too. I mean, I would say 90% of pop music is written by a group of people, writers and producers um all incredibly count the people. For me, it's always been, I guess, a um, thing of pride to write my own stuff. You know, uh, I don't judge anybody else who does their, whether it's co-written or not. It's just, you know, my, my vibe is to write my own stuff.
0: No, I mean, that's definitely admirable. At the age of 10, I've read there, too, that you began kind of rapping. That's kind yeah. of young to rap. What were you rapping about?
1: Uh, I don't even know I just was <laughs> putting words together and rapping trying to sound cool one of the first albums I ever really got into was uh, Tribe Called Quest uh, Low in Theory so off the bat they were huge inspirations for me as a you know as a young kid I just kind of wanted to be like them you know they looked like they were having so much fun and it was just fun and funky and cool and so you know I tried It's uh, it's definitely a process and you got to Put in the practice, but you know you had to start somewhere.
0: I'm guessing a tribe called Quest was one of your musical influences. Uh, who else kind of influenced you along the way?
1: So much, really. I mean, on the hip hop side, obviously Tribe, and then you know Kanye and, and Jay Z were, were always huge inspirations to me. Uh, you know, a huge pop artists like like Justin Timberlake and Pharrell, I always loved you know so much. To you know, classic stuff like Stevie Wonder and the Beatles, I grew up on that stuff, so you know it was always a goal to try and write you know amazing songs in that kind of frame It kind of kind of hope that one day you can write a song that that longevity that you can listen to 30 years later I mean it's still a goal it's, it's hard but um, so much stuff I'm definitely a musical chameleon uh, I listen to everything so I think it kind of bleeds through sometimes
0: Yeah I was just about to say it, it kind of shows in your music because when we were doing a bit of research here some of some Websites called you A hip hop artist Some called you A rapper Some called you Soul funk And I was thinking Like I can see that Certain songs Fit in a certain Certain realm Uh, Your friends call you Richie I've been calling you A little I guess I've been Calling you Richie Richard But uh, at the same time Where did the name Out of Sight come from?
1: Uh, Out of Sight And it's it's funny I I was just Had to come up With a rap name And my first rap name Was actually Out Sight Which was Out of Sight Without the A and that was like my first, first rap name. And uh, uh, it wasn't really that great because anytime I would tell people my rap name, they would be like, outside? What? <laughs> so I kind of just metamorphosized into out of sight. You know, it was a cool phrase uh, that they used a lot during the 70s. I was definitely in a lot, a lot of soul and, and funk music. Yeah, so out of sight just kind of happened. <laughs> at, at the time, it was like, you know, there's so many records in the, from the 70s, especially James Brown, Stevie Wonder you know, where they're using, yeah. You know, so just, uh, it was just a cool phrase. So I kind of just went with it. <laughs> you began
0: performing at small venues and eventually released your first EP uh, Employee of the Year. Then you released Radio New York and got more traction. Uh, when do you think you got your biggest breakthrough?
1: Realistically, I guess my biggest breakthrough was on Tonight is the Night. I mean, I, before that, it was all kind of This building fully uh, But surely And um, after After I put out Further I signed to Warner Brothers I was on Warner Brothers For a couple years And uh, you know Putting out music And trying to just build fans And then Tonight is the Night Happened And that was a big song And so I guess That would probably be The breakthrough for me
0: It kind of fits into The next question here Because in 2009 Of course you joined Warner Bros. record Um, 2011 you released Tonight is the Night performed like I said at the WWE used it you performed it at the NHL All-Star Game which was in Ottawa in Ottawa yeah uh, yep. nice tie in yeah man how happy are you with the success of that song and I guess a, a follow up question also would be do you feel like it's a kind of a stigma on you that do you think that's like the only song people know you for or
1: uh, I think at one point but then I mean after you know I put out my second album called Big Trouble and we had um we had two successful songs on it called "The Wildlife" and "The Boogie" um, that did a lot, and we're in a lot of uh, movies and um, just all over. And so, you know, I kind of felt the pressure uh, making the second album for sure. I didn't, you know, think about it too much, but I mean, I think it was definitely a point where I kind of had to figure out: Am I going to be able to keep doing this? Is this, you know, what's next? And then. I put out the wildlife and the wildlife did really well and then the boogie came out after that and then we just the album kind of just you know did did uh beyond expectations really
0: Did you have a sp- a particular song that you kind of wanted to be the the song off the album and the record told you or the label told you no let's go this way?
1: Yeah, I think at the time back in the back then I mean It was a while ago, but I mean, the second single was Now or Never, which did, you know, pretty great. And uh, I was thinking about it being a different song called Perfect Words at the time. But I think everything just kind of happens for a reason. And uh, it just kind of schooled me to the game and how I wanted to continue on my career. And then just, you know, realize, all right, putting out records independently, I think, would be more my my style just because I don't want to say I'm controlling, but I like having my hand, you know, being involved in everything, especially uh, the creative process. So I think it all kind of just taught me the ways of the music industry. And I was like, all right, you know what? I think me doing it with myself and my small team would be would be better.
0: No, I can definitely relate to that one. I mean, I like doing this podcast and there are times that I thought to myself, like, if I was doing this for a company, would I have this much free range? Would I get to choose which guests are on, which questions to ask? Because, I mean, right now I'm the one sending out the emails. I'm the one editing it so I know how it sounds on what I like and hopefully people like it. But if I had someone kind okay. of dictating me or telling me, I mean, sure, you're learning a lot, but at the same point is, it comes to a point that you're thinking, like, is this really what I want uh, out of it? Is it the same kind of exposure the same thing that I would be listening to. Right. Now, in April of this year, you released uh, I Got You, and that you had a third album coming out called Album Richie, which was released last month. Uh, you teamed up with Hoodie Allen on this album. How how cool was it to work with
1: Hoodie? It was awesome, man. It was a super honor. Honestly, uh, Hoodie and I have always been cool. He started coming to L.A. to work on his album. And uh, we linked we linked up and just became homies and uh, we were kind of working on our albums uh, around the same time. Yeah, I mean, I just remember playing feel good for him and he was like, I, like, I want to get on this. <laughs> so I went and booked the studio and I got him in there. I was super, super excited to have him on there, obviously. Uh, he's a big artist and he just put out a single today called Ain't Ready, which I helped uh, him work on. Yeah, man, we're just homies. So it was, it was super fun.
0: Yeah, because it kind of seems like both of your styles uh, could, could really clash in an interesting way. And, um, you know, you always see on YouTube comments or stuff like, why don't these two artists mix uh, mix it up? And um, when I seen that earlier today, uh, that you worked with Hoodie Al, and I was thinking like, yeah, I could see that. They're, they're pretty similar yeah, in style. Um, speaking of the album Was there any kind of Style change Or was it the same Kind of style You've been putting out For the first two Like did you try To experiment And then decide No let's keep it the same Or uh, is there new stuff On this album That maybe we Haven't heard before
1: I think it's It's actually A pretty nice mixture Of uh, The first album Was definitely um, Very pop oriented The second album Was Obviously always It's always pop But was way more funky A lot of horns So this third album is a pretty good mixture of like funky some a lot of great horns and also some just pop songs as well. So it's a, I feel like a nice, nice blend of everything going forward, but also, you know, kind of what's kind of what's going on now current, you know, so you know some cool, cool drops and some trap hi hats, you know, people think things people like listening to right now. So it's always, like, taking what you kind of done, getting better at it, and then, you know, adding in some, some new flavors, for sure.
0: And do you find it hard to do that? Because, I mean, you kind of want to keep your own style, but you want also want to keep what's current. And, like, you know, some people might like the fact that you stay your own style and don't yep. go with what's current. So, like, how do you distinguish between the both to try and make both sides happy?
1: I just kind of let it come natural, really. I don't find it too challenging We just kind of work on it And then, you know, it's either we love it or we don't And if we love it, we go with it, you know um, I luckily have the uh, the ability and the freedom to do that So I just kind of go, you know I just kind of create, create, create I work a lot, I'm in the studio a lot And uh, eventually we find stuff that we love And then I just think this is it And we hammer it home and work on it Until we feel like we got it to a place Where we can release it
0: it seems like the mentality there is, you know, you're, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it to kind of please uh, you, something that you'd find interesting. Because, I mean, once you start to worry about what other people think of the music, then you're not going to please everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we make friendly music, you know, at the end of the day. It's pop music at the end of the day. So, I mean, we're not, you know, um, I think people will dig it. You know, it's just a matter of also loving it yourself, for sure.
0: The way I look at it is as long as it's catchy, it has a good beat, people will definitely tune in. Because I mean, I, I remember hearing a while ago that the way we remember alphabets and stuff like that or our alphabet or our numbers and stuff is through music and most times if the beat is fine or good, you'll continue to listen to it. For sure. And the other thing I want to ask, how do you define your music? Because I mentioned earlier that some people call you a hip hop artist, a rapper, yeah, soul funk. How would you define yourself?
1: I would just say it's pop music. It's pop, hip-hop, funk, soul. You know, it's a blend for sure. I think now more than ever, the, the lines are blurring. You know, we're in the, stri- the age of streaming music where, first off, the album is a, a format that is kind of changing. I don't, not as many people are putting out albums, but when they do, it's people like to show all their kind of skills off, you know. I know Macklemore put out an album today, I mean, his, He's got, you know, it's like all of us, you know, there's some hip-hop songs, there's some pop songs, there's some songs that are lean more rock and roll. I think it's all just kind of becoming a blend, a hodgepodge of of, of music that we all grew up listening to and that is going on right now and, and, you know, just finding the balance between it all. But I think at the end of the day, it's really just pop music.
0: I mean, there's nothing ever wrong with pop music. Uh, the last question I have here for you is what kind of TV shows did you like growing up?
1: That's a good question. Uh, TV growing up. Well, I definitely was raised on watching MTV. You know what I mean? Coming home and watching TRL was something I definitely did. You know, watching 120 Minutes on Sunday night and, uh, Yo! MTV Grass. So I, I definitely was a big MTV guy. But uh, so I think that really probably helped me, uh, and a lot of other musicians formulate their their dreams of wanting to be on that that station. So I thought it was actually pretty cool that they're bringing back TRL. Not always super amped on, you know, revisiting these kind of things. Sometimes it's just kind of like, all right, I get it. You know, they can do it with all these movies now. But um, I think the TRL thing actually would be pretty cool. Always good to give artists a platform. And so, yeah, that. And then, you know, as far as everything else, I mean... I loved the Simpsons growing up. I loved Martin. (laughs) (laughs) And sports. I was always a big sports fan. Uh, Baseball, basketball, football. What can we
0: expect out of uh, of sight in 2018?
1: Oh, man. Well, so much exciting stuff happening. Uh, I have a few songs from the album that are going to be featured in some movies that are coming out. I can't really announce it yet, but it's exciting for us to keep going. Um, We'll shoot some music videos and we'll just keep going uh, keep working to try and get as many people to hear the music as possible and uh in the meanwhile uh, i'm still in the studio working always and uh, obviously i'll do some touring as well so you know just hustle (laughs) it that's gonna do it for this episode of tobin tonight our thanks to add a Sight for coming on the show Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on Tobatonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobit and myself, this is Jacob saying thanks for listening and good night.
0: It is your favorite girl. That's right, it's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Welcome to Mars.
1: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at TheAllyMars.com.
0: Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.
1: The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. or at soundoff.network
0: Another Soundoff Media Company podcast